Price of the priceless. All right. Now I want you to imagine a field uh -huh. with treasure hidden in it. Right. And the first scripture we'll go to is Matthew thirteen forty four. If you want to get that ready. Yeah. <clears throat> and imagine. I want you to think on the word treasure. Yes. You see, how many's been in a big field? Well, we was in the field that we're going to build our new church on. Amen. That's a pretty big field. Yes, it is. But okay, imagine a field and there's treasure hidden in that field. Uh-huh. And imagine it's worth a hundred times the value of everything that, that you own. But the field is for sale. But the field is for sale. The asking price is equal to everything you own. So you're, what are you going to do? So you're going to sell everything you own. You sell everything you have and purchase the field. The treasure is now yours. And here's the question. How much did it cost you to buy the treasure? Anybody can answer if they want. How much did it cost you to buy the treasure? Okay. Okay. And the answer is no. It didn't cost you anything. And you might have you saying, well, I had to I had to pay for it with everything I had. But you paid for the field, not the treasure. Are you following me? Okay. You pray for me. That I can get across what the Lord gave me. You purchased the field. The treasure was already there. So the treasure, you really didn't purchase the treasure. You, you purchased the field. And Matthew 40, 13 and 44 says, Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to treasure hid in a field. The which when a man hath found, he hideth, and for joy thereof goeth and selleth all that he hath, and buyeth the field. So if you're going, I don't understand what you're trying to say, but it's right there. He knew there was treasure there, and it was hidden, but he had to buy the field. But the treasure that was in that field is beyond your ability to buy. Even with all your possessions, it was in effect priceless. I remember treasure and priceless. Do you, do you know where I'm going? But yet the treasure was free. You bought the field. There was treasure hidden in that field. But that treasure that was hidden, hallelujah, was free. Yes. 
it was free. Remember that. The treasure was free. And what do you think the treasure represents? And you can throw stuff at. Right? Salvation. Eternal life. The blessings of God. But we can never earn or warrant God's blessings or his salvation or eternal life. There's nothing that we possess that can pay the price of what he did. That's why it's called the price of the priceless. And a million years of perfect works you wouldn't still be able to purchase it. It's priceless. I want you to think about the treasure and, the pri and that it's priceless. And it's freely given apart from any work, undeserved. I'll turn the page here. And solely by the grace of God. There's no work that we could do in a million years right. or in a billion years right. or even after that and after that because it was solely by the grace of God uh -huh. and that it's priceless but there's you know there's another side of this story that I hadn't looked at I mean I've read that Matthew thirteen forty four before the kingdom of heaven is likened to the man which bought this field, there was hidden treasure in it. I've read it before. The treasure was free, but it caused the man to go out and do everything he could. Yeah. Sell it all. And then can you, that he used everything that he had. Yes. He let go of everything he, he can let go uh -huh. and, and give in response to having the treasure even though he didn't pay for that treasure. But he did all that he could, because the scripture says that he went out and he, sell, he selleth all that he hath and buyeth the field. The treasure is so great that if you truly receive it, you will realize what you have, and it will lead you to do everything you can to use everything you have and to give everything you can give in response to having found it what Christ did on Calvary was the treasure because without him his death burial and resurrection we wouldn't have salvation we were Gentiles without hope in the world but thank God Let me read. Uh, go to Luke eighteen twenty-two. Getting ahead of myself. Jesus was talking to the uh, rich young ruler, and of course, this young ruler asked him. Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? I'm on the 18th verse. 
And Jesus told him, why callest thou me good? None is good save one, that is God. And Jesus said, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal. You've got to remember, they're still under the law at this time. Do not bear fault one witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. Now, he was a young ruler, so he had some money. He had some money. As we would say, he had some moolah. Now, it says, 22 says, Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. He says, Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come follow me. Now, he might not even had to sell everything that he had, but I think, just my take on it, I think the Lord wanted to see if he would accept that treasure that was freely given, even though Calvary hadn't happened yet, but it was before the foundation of the world, because he declared the beginning from the ending, or am I saying that backwards? I do say some things backwards sometimes. So that was one, and we're going to go to. The, and that's why it, the price of the price was. He couldn't, eat, even if he did that, it still wouldn't. The treasure was still freely. It was still free. It was free. Because of what Christ did on Calvary. Because he became our salvation and our rock, our strong tower. And the psalmist wrote about that. If you, I like to read a lot of times in Psalms. Because I think Psalms is really good. I mean, the whole word is good. but And turn to Philippians. I'm not trying to have these marked. Third chapter. And Paul wrote the book of Philippians. And here's what Paul said. Because Paul had the treasure. He had the treasure. Come on, Paul had the treasure. He had the treasure. He might have not went out and bought a field, but he had the treasure. Paul said this, Philippians 3, starting at the 7th verse. But what things were gained to me, for what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Now, Paul studied under, I can't remember his name. And he was going to be what they call a builder or a ruler in Israel. He wasn't going to just be a little, as we say, little peon. He was going to be up there. That's what Paul studied for. And that's why he persecuted the church so much because that's what he, you know, they had the law and he believed in that and he studied that and he read it every day and he prayed every day. But we know what happened on the way to, to Paul on the way to Damascus. That's when he got the treasure. <laughs> he found the treasure. But I praise him. And verse 8 says, Yea, doubtless... And I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered. Got to turn my page in my Bible. Loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. How many wants everything that I own, whether it be small or great? I don't live in a mansion, and I don't have buku bucks in the bank. You know what I mean? I don't. But what, as Paul said, those things that were gained to me, whatever I do have, doesn't belong to me anyway. It belongs to the Lord. It's by His mercy and His grace and His love, hallelujah, that I have what I do have. But you know what? I've got some treasure up in heaven. I've got some treasure up in heaven. And let's turn to Psalms 135.4. I think I got the right one. stick together and here's what the Lord said about Jacob and Israel of course Jacob's name was changed to Israel for the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself because just as the Lord preached the gospel to Abraham, made that covenant with Abraham. He had also made the same covenant with Isaac, and he also made the same covenant with Jacob. But he says, For the Lord hath chosen Jacob unto himself, and Israel for his peculiar, I can't even say that right, treasure. Just think about that for a little bit. His peculiar treasure. Pastor Mary just said, if you didn't hear, Jesus came through the lineage of the tribe of Judah. So we call him the lion, the tribe of Judah. And what does he tell us to be? Ones that have the treasure of peculiar people. Yes, a chosen generation. Yeah. Okay, let's see. And then Second Peter 1 and 4. I must have not marked that one. I just love this little girl. This is my great-great-niece. Because Wesley's my great-nephew. <laughs> so. Don't you love it when your kids and your nieces and nephews and grandkids come up and just give you a big hug? Yeah. yeah. Uh, 2 Peter 1 and 4. One and four. Yeah. It says, Whereby are given unto us exceeding that means a lot. <laughs> Exceeding 
great, exceeding great. Great. Let's everybody say great. And precious promises. Let's say great and precious promises. And one of that great and precious promise was the treasure. And if you don't know what it is, it is salvation. It's the Holy Ghost. It's, it's Jesus Christ. It's being reconciled back into God when men fell in the garden. And it says, that by these ye might be partakers. Come on. Talking about the, we're still talking about the treasure of the divine nature. Hallelujah. Having escaped, having escaped. Everybody, let's say escaped. Hallelujah. I have, have escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But I couldn't have that way of escape if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. If it wasn't for that treasure, hallelujah, that hidden treasure, hallelujah, that didn't cost me anything, but should have cost me, I should, you know, we should have been the one on, on the cross. But he died for our sins. You all know the scripture, John 3 and 16, and I think that's Brother Darrell's favorite scripture. We both have t-shirts that says that on there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son begotten son that whosoever what believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life now this old body that I'm in this 63 year old body that I'm in gonna be 64 bet he's gonna be 69 <laughs> I, I do See, that's what, that's what you can do when you're the baby. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but, you know. We can't stop time. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> what, the baby? Yeah. <laughs> she probably said something else. But. but isn't he good? Because we have not just great, but exceeding great, more than great. And precious promise that these you might be partakers of the divine nature. Because one of these days, hallelujah, when the Lord shall ascend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel, I'm paraphrasing. I know we're sad, it's in First Thessalonians, but. And those basically that are dead in Christ shall rise first. And those that are alive and remain shall be caught up. Come on. You talk about, we have, inside us dwells the Holy Ghost, if, you're, if you have the Holy Ghost. And we experience setting in heavenly places while we're in this earthly body. But just wait till the, we call it the rapture, but it, it says caught up to be ever with the Lord in the clouds to be ever with the Lord wait till we don't have this because no flesh and blood is going to inherit the kingdom of God but hallelujah wait till we have that 
glorified body and that divine nature. Wait till we get to see the Lord face to face. Hallelujah. Come on, think about that. I think Paul said, we don't know what he'll be when he appears, but I'm paraphrasing it. But we shall be like him. And that's our treasure. I'm going to make sure if I got. And so, and I'm going to put it this way. How many of you old enough to remember Mission Impossible? Not the one with um, Tom Cruise, but <laughs> the old one. Where they always say, this is your mission if you choose to accept this mission. And I'm just about done. And I'm, I'm going to say if, but not as in doubting. It's just the word I'm going to use, okay? So if you've truly found this treasure, then it's going to lead you to love God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength, and to love others as yourself, Come on, anybody having trouble with that sometimes? I do. It is hard. To forgive as you have been forgiven. And I'll tell this. Y'all know the story of me and Jimmy, you know. Most of you do. And it took me five long years just to be able to say hi to the man. I'm being honest with you. It took me five long years just to be able, if I ran into him, to say hi. And I didn't want to say hi. I'm being honest. And I know my daughter's sitting here. And I know she's heard it before, but... it, You know, forgiveness sometimes does not come easy, nor does it happen overnight sometimes. And then there are some times it does. Somebody can come up to you and say, I'm sorry, brother, I didn't mean to do that to you. And, and you forgive him right then and there. But because of being hurt so bad, it was not easy. So, and I don't know if I was just thinking about things, and I heard this voice, and it said, if you can't forgive him, then I can't forgive you. And I went, oh, because I knew I'd been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and knew that God forgave my sins. But he had to remind me. And I heard that voice just as I told it to you. If you cannot forgive him, I cannot forgive you. And so that inward man rises up and says, Lord, I want you to be able to forgive me. I don't want to feel the way that I feel. I don't want to hate anybody. I don't want to hold a grudge. And I know that you can take that hurt away. You can take that broken heart and you can mend that broken heart. And he did in the middle of my living room. And I've told this before too with the song Shackles. Because I let the enemy think I could never get to back to the church that I, where I was once going. But hallelujah, I did have the treasure didn't use the treasure, so to speak. But I had it. 
So I thank him that when we have this treasure, then we need to love one another as ourselves. And that's not easy. And forgiving is not easy. It's not. And especially if you have another person that calls you and says, I'm sorry what I did to you. It wasn't easy to forgive that person either. And it took them years. I won't mention the name, but I'll just say it wasn't Barbie. <laughs> Barbie did ask me to forgive her, but this wasn't the person. But you got to put a little humor in it. You know what I'm saying? But I praise him that it, it might have just took this person, might have took her, I mean, it had been years. Might have took her that long to be able to have the courage or the strength to say, I'm sorry what I did to you. And I said, I forgive you. And that wasn't easy either. None of it was easy. But it's the word. Because what what's the scripture say? If your brother comes to you, is it seven times 70? In one day. And I know I fall short from loving others as myself. Because... I like myself. I take care of myself. I'm, you know, I, I cheat on being diabetic every now and then, and Shelly keeps me in line a lot of times, you know, but I love myself. That's probably why I like myself and I love chocolate so much that sometimes I have some I shouldn't have. But, but God is there, and he's the treasure. So this is your mission. What I was, yeah, what I was just reading. And to give, as you have been given to, to make your life a gift of love. And I found that to make your life a gift of love. To make your life a gift of love. Lord, I, I want, this is what I said. Lord, I want people to feel that I love them no matter what they may have done. Not only in their life, but maybe to me, you know. And I want them to feel the love of Jesus. I want them to feel the anointing. Not for my personal gain, but that your word can be a testimony, I guess, right. is the right word. Or I think it's the right word. Read of men daily. And to do all this in joy. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I'm chuckling, but it, it's not funny, but in joy. <laughs> I didn't have no joy when I was going through what I was going through. I'm telling you, I didn't have no joy. I had joy, yeah. But it says, <clears throat> and to do all this in the joy in light of the treasure that has come now into your life if you have found this treasure. Then live a life that is of utmost of value. In other words, forgive, love. Not that you're going to be made something, you know. Because we need to put ourselves down and put Christ up. 
and of the greatest worth and to and to see freely because God freely forgave me and I need to f freely forgive someone else. God freely loves me very unconditional. Now we talk about I love you unconditionally but his love is I think is the true pure meaning of unconditional. Yeah. That this is the way you possess the priceless. That this is a way. It's just a simple little message, if you want to call it that. And somebody get Second Corinthians 4 and 7. Did I read that yet? And then... Did you hear it? I'll read it again. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God. Now, as Brother Dave said, I, I can't remember exactly what he said, but we have through Jesus the power and the authority. But it's not of us, it's of him. It's not of us. It's nothing that we can do or will be a able to do. As I said, if you had a million or a billion works, you can't buy this treasure. But we have this treasure in earth earthen vessels. So it lets me know that one of these days I'm going to get rid of this earthen vessel and it's going to be a glorified body and I can't wait. Because it's all about him. It's not about Sister Carolyn. It's not about Sister Teresa. But I praise him that through his name, through the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, and that the treasure, that the treasure, hallelujah, lives inside of us. And if you haven't found this treasure, if you don't have the Holy Ghost, or if you haven't been baptized, I know I'm probably preaching or teaching to the choir, as we say, then I suggest to get this treasure. Because it's going to lead you and guide you and keep you. Are you going to have problems in this world? Sure. Are you going to have tribulations and temptations? Yes. God never promised us a rose garden, as the song says. But he didn't. But he said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And we just read that exceeding great and precious promises. Hallelujah. And the promise, when Peter stood up on the day of Pentecost, when the Holy Ghost was given out, what did he say? This was for to, to you and to your children. And to as many as the Lord our God shall call. So that's pretty much what I have. So I, well, thank you. And may God bless you and keep you. 
may God's face shine upon you. I'm paraphrasing again. And give you shalom, which means peace. Hallelujah. And I thank him for his peace. Because it reminds me of the scripture. I'm not going to give you the peace the world offers you. I'm paraphrasing. Because the world's peace really isn't peace. But the peace that he gives us passes all of my comprehension. It passes all understanding of peace. And I don't understand it, Pastor Mary. When I think about how things are going, you know, there may be a hurricane here, a tornado here, a flood here. I'm talking about in our lives. But how then when you just call upon the name of Jesus? I don't know about you, but when I call upon his name and that peace comes upon me, it's beyond my understanding how he can do it. He's such a good God.